movies were never safe to begin with, and the truth is stranger than fiction. Starring Moral Bob, Drew Misson, and Andy Rouse. Conspiracy Theater 3000. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. Something given has no value. Well, I got a couple of thousand goddamn questions, you know? The world ain't what it seems, is it, Gunny? I want to speak to someone in charge. The moment you think you got it figured, you're wrong. Enforce, my friends, is violent. They've been studying it for years, fighting our weaknesses. I want a lot to complaint. <laughs> you're safe and alive. You're already dead, everybody. They have created a repressive society, and we are their unwitting accomplices. The world is a business. You have no right to make people crazy. We've got to stop them! They're going to kill us all! How come I know so much? Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness. What the hell is going on around here? Who's going they are safe as long as they are not discovered. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep, keep us selfish, keep us sedated. We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. With which we're presented. Hoffman <laughs> lenses. They're called Hoffman lenses and they serve a purpose. Hoffman yeah. lenses. You know, and there's wait. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hoffman oh, lenses. Hi. Okay. Hi, we are talking about the film They Live. Uh, but yes. everyone knows about these glasses, right? It's synonymous with the film. The biggest thing I have to talk about, because I've got notes and I've been hanging out for like three months to get this out. <laughs> the name the name Hoffman is German. Mm. And in origin, it means steward or one who manages property of others. So oh. by having Hoffman lenses, you're able to see the stewards who manage the property of others. How's that for a brand? Well, that's a great... Uh, Jesus. We can just kind of float right into Albert Hoffman right there too because like if you can kind of you know carry that narrative about the 60s being all kind of controlled opposition the entire hippie drug movement lsd psychedelics all that you know there's a lot of nuance there but on the surface level you look at albert hoffman being the creator of lsd and he would be the steward of that whole thing that'd be pretty interesting and God knows what you see when you're on LSD, right? What does that help you see? It take, it, it puts the glasses on. <laughs> the gl yeah, to me. So when I saw this movie, They Live to, for the first time, I think I was like, yeah, in like 18, 19. I had seen it when I was younger, but I didn't get it. When I saw it when I was 19, it was after psychedelics. And I thought the black glasses reminded me of dilated pupils. You know, like, ah, oh, you have the dilated pupils. Suddenly you see through the bullshit, you know? Well, they even go to contact lenses. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is, to think that the contact lens could have that kind of technology in it in the fucking 80s. Like they're, this movie is, is so revealing about so many different things. It's really, dude, it's just the deepest shit that I've ever, like, I've watched a lot of movies and analyzed them. And I don't think I could ever get to the bottom of this one. Like, I, I think there's just, I think every scene is so fucking layered with shit that they, everything in the scene is intentional. Every single fucking bit of the scene is intentional. All of it. And so there, it's just endless stuff that you can be like, oh shit, look at that in the background. That says this because they're trying to do this with your brain in this mm. fucking scene. 
You know, I've never done a like a comparative analysis between They Live and the short story it was based on. What was it? Eight o'clock like, in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning. By Ray eight Nelson. o'clock in the morning. By who was it again? Ray Nelson. Ray. Nelson. Did you read yeah. it? Of course you did, didn't you? I've read it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did. <laughs> there's, there are some <laughs> significant differences, but there's a lot of similarities too. It's a lot darker too. Very dark. Yeah. Maybe that's something we can record just an audio of one of us reading it and pop it That'd out as well. That'd be sick. That'd be really like cool. for a bit of trade off, like a little reader's corner. That's good. Like Oprah Book Club, but different. Yeah. Uh, chapter three, Bob. Do you want to pick up a chapter three? <laughs> I'm cool with chapter three. I'll right. close. <laughs> A bit of background for the listeners. This is a bit of a, a discussion around the film They Live, the 1988 cult classic by John Carpenter, the year of my birth. I'm the baby of this group, starring Roddy Piper, Keith David and Meg Foster. And as Andy just said, it's based on the short story of 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson. This film originally opened up as number one in America and within a week or two disappeared off the charts. And the actor Keith David who's one of the actors in this film, had said that the government had something to do with it. Interesting. Yeah, they, uh, they didn't, they got a pro wrestler intentionally, I think, to make a lot of people not want to see it. And then it fucking blew up and they were like, fuck, 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 fuck. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> too early, too early. We're saving that for 2023. You're not plus supposed to Carpenter. watch this movie. Plus it was Carpenter. So if this was 88, then that's 10 years of, of you know, some serious respect earned by Mr. Mm-hmm. Carpenter. But then again, then again, I mean, he had his flops. You know, the thing debuted against E.T. a week earlier and that was mm-hmm. a total mess. So... Do you think that was intentional though? Because uh, probably, but it doesn't have to be an intent. I don't even think it has to be intentional in a conspiratorial way. Like, I mean, you're talking Carpenter versus Spielberg, two different studios, two different minds that, I mean, yes, who knows how many layers, but right. like, yeah, it seems like I think they're all owned and operated by the same people. So the same people, Very possibly, like, you know, they want to put certain things out, but they don't want you to know about it. And so I think there's stuff in the thing that is very, yeah. very deep well, as we have talked. And about. you have you have to think about when it came out too. like E.T. was a great time because it was a family film and it was lovely and people could watch yep. it. This was a time of Reaganism, right? In America, when everything was so establishment and consumeristic, um, so much to the point that John was, was quite a was like the Republicans, it, like that time passed, was yeah, yeah, know, consumeristic. Right? Yeah, it, it was huge, <laughs> yeah, it was huge at this point, though. And he used this as his method for telling the world that the Republicans were the aliens wanting us to consume. Dude, the reality is, uh, they won in the they beat the aliens in the film, but in reality, they, they're still going, dude. I, right. I hate that. that even Carpenter talks about that because it's like, it just takes so much away from his film. I mean, and maybe we are the nuts talking about this and we're just making way more out of it. Man, to say this was literally just about a, uh, a decade or less, not even in, in American culture. And that's what this movie was specifically about when everything that we lowly middle-class, lower-class citizens know if we pay attention about our history for centuries, let alone decades, like this, this thing that, that he's describing and they live. And as Bob is saying, it's like the deepest one of all, it goes way beyond fucking the red versus blue 
who's going to destroy the current economic standards in America. And that is the, the silly explanation that even Carpenter gives for this movie. And I just call bullshit. The same with the thing. He reduces the meaning of that movie to, to nearly nothing as well. And I'm just like, ah, John. <laughs> Come on, John. John is either either one of them or he's one of the the rich that they have kind of folded in this movie talks so much about stuff like like carpenter is just he's one of their pawns like the fucking homeless guy that goes from being homeless and like changing the channel on the freaking hackers messages yeah, to yeah. being like some big dog in the freaking in the in the underground scene like all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's got a fucking tux on and it's like wait a minute <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> well, yeah that's do, a good point do we want to dive if we're talking about history andy let's deep dive into some of the names and what i found about them yes. yeah let's do it so yes. roddy piper plays our main character um nada which if you're yeah. an american you would know in spanish that means nothing but in slavic it also means hope and this is oh, kind of like oh. that, that pre-predicting of the character that he's a man with nothing. He's a, a wanderer, a person looking for work. And in the end, he gives hope to mankind by presenting to the world what's been hidden to us. Ooh. And to quote Tyler Durden, my friends, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. That's right. Here's Keith David's character, Nada's friend that he makes along the way in this film. My favorite. So he's, a se- he's our <laughs> secondary character. Brilliant, brilliant character. Frank, just Frank itself, means free man in French. And in the biblical context, it means shy and polite. And we see this in his character at the start. Frank starts off quite polite with Nada. He gives him a little bit every now and again. But beyond that, he's a pretty nice guy. And through his friendship with Nada, he becomes a free man by realizing what the world is. Wow. Dude, Drew, this is this is some nice stuff. This is good. Right. And I like the duality too. Like each has two meanings and each seem to be opposing, but they kind of go in series with one another. The next one, we've got Meg Foster who played Holly, uh, which means eternal life in old English. In the biblical terms, it means Christ's thorn, a reminder that Jesus suffering. um, And she's an inverted form of the forbidden of that forbidden suffering because of her betrayal and what she's trying to sell out humanity with. So she's like the inversion of that. Hmm. Totally. And something about cat eyes, right? Yeah, dude, dude, her, eyes are, her eyes are creepy as fuck. Oh, I can oh. remember her as Evil Lynn on um, <laughs> <laughs> Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Yeah. There's only a handful of movies I could point to when, when I was, you know, looking her up that I actually saw. She's She is a weird weird looking bird man yeah i don't like every time i see her face i'm like i don't know exactly what i don't like but i don't fucking (laughs) like it looks like a cat like Like, you look like you'd be in my fucking nightmares like weird (laughs) um and the only this is the last character that actually has a name listed within the film other people listed as homeless man man on television the scientist The last person is Gilbert, and Gilbert, for the yeah. listeners who have or haven't seen this, he's the man that helps run the, the sh- like the shanty town. He helps give people food and helps them out that way. So Gilbert, who's Peter Johnson, Gilbert means bright promise in German. 
So he's providing a bright promise to those around him by helping them with food, shelter, and at the same time, he's leading the resistance. Wow. And there's no way this is accidental shit. It's no, not it's just like, not. like, like the layer of, of symbolism they put in movies is astonishing because only fucking idiots like us would even <laughs> look into this shit. Like nobody's going right. to be going, no regular person that shops at fucking Walmart and like goes to their nine to five and like watches CNN at night. No, none of them are going, oh, fucking Gilbert means this. <laughs> None of them are doing that. What's so weird is that, like, (laughs) movies like this with tons of action and and like corny violence and stuff like that, that we're finding all this symbolism in here. Meanwhile, on the surface level, you have like entire mainstream groups dedicated to analyzing none of none of these layers, but like you know, take Aronofsky films and and you know, analyze the shit out of them without touching any of this symbolism whatsoever so it's so well hidden even under uh-huh. once again like gate kept hidden like gate kept symbolism it's funny well and they, they like i said they they go deep on stuff so we have the intro of of this and like i can spend like 45 minutes just breaking down the first five minutes <laughs> of a movie it's insane and i end up having to just be like okay fucking i gotta stop or i'm never even gonna make it through the to the actual movie but so the book is based on eight o'clock in the morning. What do you do at eight o'clock in the morning? You wake Go up. To work. You wake up. Ah, okay. You wake up. Um, so like the opening scene is is not a at like a train station. Like there's a bunch of train cars going through and stuff. It's like at the station where where the the trains are. And he's got on his backpack. There's no backstory, nothing. It just show, shows up to him. And there's graffiti on a wall behind him. And it's a fucking needle. It's like a hypodermic needle. And it's what looks like, what, y'all, y'all watch this again. <laughs> or anybody listening, when you watch it, slow it down and pause it. I swear it says Fauci next to the fucking needle. I no. swear, I swear to fucking God. And Fauci was a known person in 88. He was a known enemy. He was a big time known person in 88 pushing fucking AZT on the AIDS community. So, dude, you guys, I'm sure have seen that. I swear to fucking God, it says Fauci next to the needle. Dude, have you seen that picture that floats around that like tons of people protesting Fauci? And it's it's always like, you know, just remember this picture is 30 years old. (laughs) Yeah, he was the enemy back then, too. And wow, that's amazing that it pops up into in like the ultimate conspiracy yeah dude and then there's a train car that goes by that has has on it shock control shock control (laughs) like that's what i'm saying like like these (laughs) scenes are laid out so well that everything in them means something everything in them means something um there's let's just say i gotta look at all my notes these are fucking old um okay (laughs) And like he's walking through the city, and that's when he he hears like the old man preacher, right? Like, oh, I've got this noted down. It's the best part of the film. I think it just sets up the whole thing so yeah. well. All right, so do you have anything that... to build to that point? Yeah, he has. Yeah, who else has got something before that? Before I start yeah. rambling about the, <laughs> the yeah preacher. Good. So he hears his preacher, and this is what he says word for word. It's fantastic. They have recruited the rich and powerful. 
outside the limit of our sight, feeding off us, perched on top of us from birth to death. They are our owners. Our owners, they have us. They control us. They are our masters. Wake up. They're all about you, all around you. And then, of course, who breaks him up from his preaching? The police. Right. And no They're one seems cops. to care. Nope. No one seems to care. Yeah, this is totally He's about a, 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 a president yeah. in one country. Yeah. this is. And the best part is the preacher is a blind man that can see. Right. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, as he as I got here, I don't know what happens first because my notes suck ass. Um, <laughs> I think he hears that and he's walking through the city and he sees like a store. He, it's it's funny because it shows him walking into this big city like he's never been in a big city before. But then he says that he was in Denver. So like he's like astonished by big buildings. And they're constantly <laughs> doing this juxtaposition of these skyscrapers and then like low life, you know, stuff where it's, you know, people on the street and busted up cars. There's this constant juxtaposition in the in, it, kind of in the whole movie. But, you know, it's serfs and lords is basically what they're showing you. It's showing you that it's it's the super rich and the poor. And they even talk about it multiple times where it's like they're destroying the middle class. And that's right. kind of the fucking agenda of all of this. But there's a guy that walks by that Rowdy walks by and he's looking in this store at the TV and he's just dead still, just like laser focused on the TV. Not you can't even I don't even think he blinks. I was watching it with my son. He was like, that dude didn't even blink. And so that shows the draw. And we see it really bad now with cell phones. Mm -hmm. But that like, no, that absolutely. Like. They tell us, like, it's right here in this movie. Watch it today. And it's, it's still so relevant. It's insane. Bear with me, gentlemen. I quickly have to grab some props to show you for when we get to a certain point in this conversation. It's going to be great. Yes. I'll be right back. All right. Excellent. <laughs> cool, cool. When did you first watch this? You watched I it. I first watched it when I was watch like, it when you were like really young. 14, 13, 14 years old. And then, you know, just saw it as like an action movie. And then seeing it when i was post psychedelics it was like okay i framed it in my own way you know i had my own understanding of what peeling back the the surface level looked like you know putting the glasses on was and yeah, yeah now i have a much broader perspective on that as well you know yeah i think i watched it when it came out like i remember it being a big deal for like mm -hmm. a blip um, yeah, I and then i watched it like one. in high school Mm -hmm. so i watched it like you know six years later in high school right. <laughs> um and then didn't watch it again from then till till now so i've watched it about eight times i think i watch it once a month just to keep myself appraised of everything <laughs> that's how i do <laughs> the thing so after, after he's watched he's seen that the gentleman look at that tv screen he's completely zonked out and just fixated on it Nada finds himself on a working site, a construction site, trying to find a job. But of course, the issue is it's a union site, right? There's even control mechanisms within the work of the lower class or the working class. Oh, yeah. Well, and he looks over and he sees the, the Mexicans standing there talking to each other after he says it's a union job. He goes, oh, yeah. Can I talk to 
the uh, union bus or that yeah, workshop bus or something. Yeah, the shop the shop boss or whatever it is. And then you see, and then it cuts to him working. It's like, all right, motherfucker, you're like coming on like, <laughs> with his but, shirt off, built like a brick shit house. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> hey man, Keith David. Yeah. And what? this is where he he meets he meets Frank, who's played by Keith David. He meets him on the site. Um, everyone else is sitting there eating their lunch and he's kind of just watching people. You can tell he hasn't had a feed in a while. Um, and it comes to the end of the day and the union boss goes, hey, there's no sleeping on this site. Got it? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Where so you're going to have to find him? somewhere else to go. Um, and that's when Frank walks up and he goes, hey, man, I know a place. I'm going there if you want to follow me. And so he doesn't even say anything. Like he's got like four lines in this whole fucking movie. He says like four things. <laughs> like, it's the easiest lines to remember ever. But he he gets a lot through. So so Frank heads to the place and and then Rowdy starts following him. And one of my favorite lines is when he's like, "Hey man, I don't like somebody following me or some shit like that." And he goes, <laughs> he goes, "Well, I don't go with someone unless it, unless I know where they're showing up or something like that." I'm fucking flaking on it now. Um, yeah, I don't like following someone unless I know where they're going. Yeah. Yeah, he said, I don't turn up with nobody till I see where he's going. And that's yeah. when he was like, all right, man, you're cool. And, and that's when they go to the <laughs> little homeless camp. The little shantytown. And that was filmed in Skid Row. Oh, shit. Was it? Yeah. So that's pretty uh, pretty insightful. So they walk down. You see the shantytown made of like, sheet some tin just like a real shit little place for people to live right and of course the majority of the people there uh ethnic minorities which is you know it's it's a big thing in that part of the world anyway but that was quite observant because i don't think you see any of the controllers as any other ethnicity they're all caucasian people yeah i think so um, which i mean so, it's so nuanced now because like yeah that is a thing that's totally part of our, our the, the elites history regardless of, of what is going on now you know what i mean where you kind of have to stand up for you know even being caucasian now without you know you're and all that kind of it's it's like the wheels are turning right but like yeah well so he gets he, to this homeless camp there's a there's a note i have here he gets to the homeless camp and he you hear because they have in the homeless camp, they have a fucking TV. Which is just like they just have a TV that's just on all the time in the yeah. homeless camp. And it says the whole deal's like some kind of crazy game. And I think that's on the TV before it gets interrupted. Because that's what's said on the TV right before it cuts to, you know, the uh, the dude with glasses, the hacker. Yeah, Nada and Frank, they're eating dinner together. They line up for their food. They get it dished up to them. And they're sitting having a chat just about life. You know, Nada's come from, um, uh, where was he prior to it again? He was in- He said Denver for Denver. 10 so years. He was in Denver. But you where don't all know. The bank- like- he was in Denver where the 14 banks closed, supposedly, and he ended up moving where he was there. Uh, we know Frank's come from Detroit when they shut down all the factories. And he's got his family there he's sending money to. And Frank says something really telling, which I use all the time. The golden rule. He who owns the gold makes the rules. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, but you don't really know where Nada comes from. You see, he says he's he's from Denver, but like he's got this demeanor like he's some secret badass, like fucking John Rambo rolling into town. You know, like like Rambo opens the same way. Right. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rambo exactly. opens with Ordinary John man. Rambo just just walking with a backpack into a town. <laughs> so that's a weird a weird connection there. I that, I didn't even think about that, but like those two movies, and so and I think Rambo came out earlier, so maybe Carpenter had that scene. Up? So you automatically think, okay, the the last movie I saw like this, this dude was a serious fucking badass. You know, so you just automatically get that idea. It's also like that's that metaphor of like the common man having the power to overcome the greater forces. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's put the pro wrestler in this position. (laughs) Who's play? You know, it's always like where Arnold plays like these sissy roles, and then he, you know, all of a sudden he's jacked and huge, and it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, he just covers it up with a button-up shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking no kindergarten cop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the best movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was thinking about that movie the other day. <laughs> so that, now now's that ahead. scene where there's the video the television, right? And there's the bum that's sitting there watching it the whole time. And this is where we see the transmission interrupted for the first time. And the man with the beard, this is the guy who's trying to deliver the information to the world. And he says, our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. The moment, the movement began eight months ago by a small group of scientists who discovered it by accident. These signals are being sent through. Then it cuts out. The poor and the underclass are growing. Racial and human rights are non-existent. They've created a repressive society and we are their unwitting accomplices. Their intention to rule rests with the annihilation of consciousness, we have been lulled into a trance. We have been made indifferent to ourselves and others. We are focused only on our own gains. Please understand, they are safe if they are undetected. That is their primary method of survival. Keep us asleep. Keep us selfish. Keep us sedated. Hmm. That's the best message yep. there. Just that, that, that they're hiding because that's all they've got. It's the only defense they have. Mm-hmm. He's not being seen. Seems very familiar. Very. Because in our community, we, everyone's quick to put a, a label or a name on a certain controlling group. But if we know who, what their names are, they're not the people pulling the shots. Bingo. Yeah, I, yeah. Point, to the, I, th- I point to the 13 families all the time. I'm like, oh, how, how convenient for CIA.gov to provide you all with that information. Oh, that's great that you know all the ruling families from the beginning of the earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah i see that something where nada i don't know <laughs> nada is looking over and as this is playing he sees the black dude there mouthing the words that are on on the tv and he makes yeah. the connection and he's mm-hmm. like he's like wait a minute what the fuck and he sees him going across uh, the street to the church and so he wants to go over to the church. So he cruises over to the church, but you hear in the background as he goes, like the hackers kind of glitch in again. And it says, uh, you just hear like bread for slavery. Mm-hmm. And then he, that's when he goes over to the church and he goes in. Um, 
and on the wall right when he goes in it says they live we sleep right and just prior to this there's another transmission that comes through and we see that bearded man again he says they're dismantling the sleeping middle class more and more people are becoming poor we are their cattle we are being bred for slavery we cannot break the signal our transmitter isn't strong enough the signal must be shut down at the source at which point a little girl watching it says daddy i have a headache which is indicative of that truth can be actually quite painful once you come to the realization of it, right? Yep. Yeah, and it's it's also um, the idea that this these wavelengths are coming out and they're waking you up. It's like, it's like this. It's like coming off a high or whatever. So it's giving you a headache. You know, it's 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 trying to wake you up, but you get a headache, and so you you take their medicine to make it go away, right? So. Yeah, so you know yeah, how you said you saw the, the needle? Reality. You know how you said you saw the needle and the Fauci at the very start? Yeah. There's a, there's a COVID connection and a George, a George Floyd one. Whoa. Ready? The drifter, who's the, the guy sitting down watching the TV all the time. I've been hearing something on the streets the last couple of weeks. Weird stuff, some kind of epidemic of violence. So they say it. I was talking to one old boy from um, uh, San Han, Selma. He told me that they got some sort of cold up there. End of the world kind of stuff. Oh yeah! I oh that. shit! Yeah, yeah, he did say that. <laughs> and what I, do we I say? Would, An epidemic thing. of violence with George Floyd at the same time as a a novel coronavirus. Yeah, come on! What perfect combination. And he finishes off to say, "You know, you want to know the truth. This kind of shit happens at the end of every century. It does basically. It's because people are afraid to face the future." <laughs> it's like that it's like that fourth so turning deep. kind of thing right it's so deep man like and i guarantee like i've got i don't have as much um like my eyes are fucked um during all of this you see the um the police helicopter like circling over as well so they know they're being like watched and so um, so what's happening is they they've got this little this little situation going on in the church. Rowdy goes in and he sees like their little lab setup that they have. That's like a you know like a little little, little camping <laughs> stove. Yeah, it's like they're making crack down there, and they have all the glasses set up. So I guess it's supposed to be like they're making the glasses. Um, yeah. I, I'm not positive. The, me- the message is not that crack will help you see aliens. It probably will. But please don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what the message is there, but that little science <laughs> shit that they had set up was not making sunglasses. <laughs> but they have it like all set up, and you see the glasses, and it's like, what the fuck are the glasses for? And there's boxes everywhere, and Rowdy's trying to figure out what's going on, and uh. And he's sneaking in to listen, and he he sees that the the choir music is all on recorder, and hears them talking about stuff, and then so he starts backing away, and he freaking trips and knocks a wall down, and finds those secret boxes, which is kind of like the key to the entire movie is him finding those boxes, and he just like closes it back up and gets the fuck out of there. The church was also built by the WWF. They could just <laughs> knock right through walls. <laughs> Are those red ropes? <laughs> so much of his his wrestling uh, 
all the theatrical moves, moves came yeah, into play. Uh, I can't Especially wait till we, we get, get to the, the fight, fight scene. Yeah, I can't wait to get scene. to the fight scene. It's Which, amazing. Yeah, Wolves. Oh man, so much to say. Yeah, I'll save it. So, so he leaves. He leaves the church and he catches up with Frank and he's trying to tell Frank about what he saw. And Frank's like, "Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business. It ain't none of yours either. Look at the job. I got a job now and I plan on keeping it. I'm walking a white line all the time." Don't bother nobody. Nobody bothers me. You better start doing the same. To which Nada replies, white lines in the middle of the road. That's the worst place to drive. <laughs> if you stay on the straight and narrow, you're in the worst place you can possibly be. That's what I took that as. Yep. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, you're in, you're a target at that point in time. Yeah. Like right now, which Frank point? is the ultimate, you know, buddy who's completely asleep. You know, he's the yeah. NPC. But well, he's not he wants doing it out any malice, is he? He's trying to help him, right? Which well, most normies are. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point, then, we have the police squad breaks up. The shantytown. They come in. They destroy the transmission dish. But there's a little interesting thing I notice on all the SWAT fans. It's not SWAT. It's not rapid response. It's scientific investigation unit. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I missed that shit. Yeah. And the oh, way they, they dealt with the people, just hurt kettling them. They kettled people into groups and then beat the shit out of them. That exact same thing happened in Melbourne during COVID. Yes. Tactic for tactic, well, unreal. And they they level the entire camp with bulldozers, right? Yeah. Ex- except for the TV. When yeah. it comes back yeah. after the camp's been leveled, the TV is still fucking there. Oh, yeah, I've got man. that written down. That they didn't destroy the television, and it's still running. It's still linked to power. Yeah, it's still it's still going. It's still going. It's still broadcasting. And it's because I don't know if it happened before this, but he said they're they're They have some they're they're putting something in it every second of every day. Like. Like every second of every day that this is being played, it's it's meant to do something. Right, right. And man, I'll tell you, it's yeah, it's true because it's not just in some movies and some TV shows. It's everything I learned recently that. There's a tactic used at children where you switch the scene in a show every eight seconds. And yep. sure enough, I started counting a lot of the shows that my kid was watching and I was going, all right, we're not watching this one anymore. <laughs> so it's SpongeBob is synonymous for it. And it's actually proven yep. to cause autism. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, man, it's, it's intentional. And it's because they, you know, these big fucking corporations, they have enough money to do studies into the human psyche. And so they've found out that children's attention span is about eight seconds. Right. And so they're like, we got to throw something and we got to, we got to keep them in, you know, keep them connected. So it's just constant. It's just constant. And it's why if you look at old cartoons, they are completely different. Just go watch like old Bugs Bunny shit, dude. It's, It'll be the same background for like 10 scenes. Oh, yeah. Right? And it's, it, it's the same thing. I mean, they live's a perfect example. You know, the dialogue in older movies, the way they were edited, it's the same thing. So, shit, when I'm saying children are being targeted that way, so are we. Because oh, if you look yeah. at like, you know, the Transformers movie that came out a while, a long while ago now, 20 years ago now, like, <laughs> That compared to like any 90s or 80s movie is night and day. It's just cut, 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 where everything else, you know, traditionally Bay explosions, you're actually setting a scene. You're you're creating the setting of the movie. 
your, you know, like the intro to Alien is a perfect example. You got like 10 straight silent minutes where you're literally just panning the Nostromo, you know, like you don't find that anymore. Not even close. Nope. I actually feel like it'll come back around at some point because they that's got- how fashion works, right? Well, they people have attentions that can only be measured in nanoseconds now. That's they the want TikTok is doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's where they they want us to not have a long attention span. They want it to to be like that, but at the same time, it causes their movie budgets to go up and everything because they're like, well, we got to keep them constantly tied in. Right, <laughs> like, you know, right. if they if we're gonna sell our movies and shit. And, we got to do it here too. We want it's interesting not to go off too much of a tangent here, but it is interesting. I've heard a lot of a lot of actors uh, talking negatively about um, like mocap and those completely CGI green green rooms that they're all in, and how it just completely takes away from the craft that they intended to get into, and like. Sure, I guess it, it's I'm, I'm always fascinated by controlled opposition. You know what I mean? Like if we got big name actors talking about how this shit sucks, it's like maybe the plan isn't to digitize everything if their own agents are like showing how shitty it is. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird conundrum for me. What do you yeah, guys it's, think? It's self-defeating, self isn't it? You know, they just all not controlled. Some of them are just loose cannons or I, I don't know. Very nice. Because you think they'd all be like, yes, this is the greatest way to ever act. Absolutely. (laughs) You know? It's it's because actors are getting progressively worse. There's no talented (sighs) artists anymore. We were talking about messaging, though. Let's get back onto that little tangent. Nada puts his glasses on for the first time. And the most noticeable thing is every time he's wearing the glasses, black and white. Everything is in black and white. There's no... Either it fucking is or it fucking isn't. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> and we see the signs the very first sign we see without the glasses it says we're creating a transparent computing environment cd control data when his glasses are on it says obey the second <laughs> sign he looks at in shock is a picture of a woman in the caribbean in a bikini he puts the glasses on it says marry and reproduce which you know i think that's a pretty good message actually um, right right i think like <laughs> like wait a minute that's not what they want us to do what yeah that's an interesting I, one unless, unless, you're far, unless you're farming humans right if you're farming exactly cattle, yeah it works yeah, everybody started loving elon musk like hey he's the only elite that's talking about how we need more humans i'm like yeah he wants more batteries <laughs> for the matrix right yeah dude uh, we then see a men's apparel sign that um says no independent thought we see a close out sale that says consume he then pans across the street and all the signs that we see that a message is being presented to him are obey, conform, submit, watch TV, sleep, no thought, buy, work eight hours, sleep eight hours, play eight hours. And this brings us to where I've got my little props here. There's a yes. magazine stand. It yes. says surrender, follow, obey authority, no ideas, cooperate. And this is when we look at the stand. Every single book that we see has a message on it, except for these three. These are the titles of the books that remain unchanged. They are just there, no message. The books are The Bermuda Triangle by Charles Berlitz, Edgar Casey on ESP by Doris Agee, and Two of a Kind, The Hillside Stranglers by Darcy O'Brien. What the? I went out <laughs> trying to look for these books. I could get two of them at great expense to myself. 
Wow. Oh, shit. Shit. Currently reading them right now, trying to find out what the hell's in it. Because if they're showing that in the film, like every yeah. magazine, every book's covered as a message, why are they not covered? Because those are the messages already. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If just, you... I'm taking a stab in the dark, but we're talking about Edward Casey. I mean, I'm not discrediting mystical experiences in general, but we're talking about a man that was pushed on us in the culture quite a bit and was involved very closely with the government so it's just interesting this could be like you know there's truth in the perennial philosophy but the new age comes along and gives it to us in their own way like if every message on there is something the elites want us to see but those books are just plain and simple the way they already are that would that would seem to me that those are already suspect without them needing any coding yeah, and the interesting thing is like missing four one one is mm-hmm. huge at the moment. Like mass disappearances. Yep. The subtitle for this book for the Bermuda Triangle is a saga of unexplained disappearances. Like we know that's the Bermuda Triangle anyway, but for that to come back around with missing four one globally, not just being isolated to a single spot, mm-hmm. maybe something there. Yeah. Well, and if you see in this one scene with. When he's at the magazine stand, when he has his glasses off at one point in time, there's a magazine right behind behind him that says, let the TV teach you. Ooh. Yes. That's you barely one. see the corner of the magazine, but it says, let the TV teach you. Oh, it's a golf magazine. Golf. Is let it? TV teach you. Yeah. Now, I'm a little too young to re- recall. Was the let me ask you guys. I'm going back to Carpenter framing this whole masterpiece that this is just about Reagan. This is about America under that current administration. So the TV, was it all Republican all the time? Was it a, was it that different back then? Or was it still red versus blue? And you got both, maybe not as intense as of course Uh, they do. The Democrats hated Reagan. Hate right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, I'm just saying, you didn't have as many channels, but it was still the same, a, a very simpler version of what we. See well, today what you notice with the divide you, and conquer. But what I'm the, getting at is that the message of this alien race, this evil force, is watch TV. That right. is not what John Carpenter is suggesting. That this is strictly about the Republicans. This no. is about the entire structure of society being controlled. Yeah. And he's just, there's, I don't know, that, that really pissed me off that he, that's his explanation. There's like him. a yeah, TV right. playing in almost every single scene. Oh you yeah. Can hear a TV in the background or something. There's always a TV play. Like it's crazy. All the time. It's don't the- you find it quite telling that he references Reagan as being like, it's the pro establishment Reaganism air quotes, but right. Reagan is the president who said, all our differences would be solved if we were faced by a threat from beyond this world. Yep. And the threat in <laughs> this is, is a force beyond that world. That's very interesting. Because, like, I mean, let's say he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's a white or black hat, or there's no such thing as white hats. Who knows? <laughs> this movie's not about Reagan. It's not trying to portray that to, to us. It's showing us what's always been going on. But I think the other right. layer to it, not to get too meta here, but using the alien metaphor is quite perfect for a long time. When I was younger, I looked at it like, well, that's perfect because 
you can't just come right out and say it's politicians and and secret society members and everything. So you put a fun little metaphor in there as aliens. But now that I'm older and more paranoid (laughs) and I don't trust anybody, even my favorite directors, it's like, okay, well, this is put in there for the same reason. Ancient aliens is a multimillion dollar industry. This is put there the same reason why the government is now giving us disclosure. The alien thing is very fucking important to this whole narrative, real life and in the movie. You know what I mean? Ancient astronaut theorists say, yes. It's an in- Absolutely. It's, a, it's yet another invisible boogeyman. Who came yeah. up with to, to kind of hide the, to hide the people that are actually doing the bad shit, which are the fucking because all, because Absolutely. all they can do is hide. They're not yes. safe unless they're they hiding. All they hide and they can all, and what is what is <laughs> this is the last thing I'll say and I'll we'll get back to the point, but <laughs> The, but fucking Wizard of Oz, man, he has to make himself into these magnificent fucking things to scare everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Wizard of Oz could be a good one for the future, just saying. Oh, yeah, so, oh, sure. Yes. The, the magazine stand, to get back on topic, is <laughs> the first time we see one of the controllers. He puts it on, he sees this guy paying for something. The interesting thing is the alien actually receives his change twice. The guy hands oh, really? him his money and then hands him money again. Oh, like he's, and what does the money say on it? Did anyone pick up what the money said? Oh yeah, I am your god, or this yep. is your god. This is your this god. is your god. This is your god. All at the same time, there's little radar dishes on the top of um, traffic lights saying "sleep, sleep, sleep, sleep." Yeah, that's nuts. That works it's, too. I mean, shit, it's just hypnotic suggestion. Yeah, God knows how many times we're getting that in television. I think Family Guy does it really well. Smoke. What is it, Lassie? <laughs> you smoking yet? This just immediately reminds me of Fight Club, another future episode for us <laughs> <laughs> where they purposely do the subliminal messaging. That'll be good because I have not seen that one. I don't <gasps> know how. That'll be a beautiful experience. <laughs> uh, so he sees his first alien. He stumbles into a grocery store where she sees start seeing them everywhere right and interesting thing is when they notice that he's one that can see what is it they start talking into yeah a watch yeah watches (laughs) (laughs) yeah fitbit a watch what's funny i watch right is it's this old lady and he starts ragging he's like she is real fucking ugly (laughs) (laughs) he starts and that's when she's like I think we have one that can see. We've because, got one that can see. Yeah, because you can notice that um, the they're never the working class people unless it's a cop. Yes, they're the enforcers, right? Right. <clears throat> so they've said they've teamed up with all the rich people to take over. So they're only in authority positions. So, and it's all like rich people. You start seeing them. You know, different people just like chatting, like and he's just like mind blown. And what's funny is his his first his first thought, based on how he's doing this, is fucking kill them all. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, immediately, <laughs> immediately, not like, hey man, what the fuck, dude? He like, doesn't even really like, have too much of like a, a, you know. There's no dark night of the soul for Roddy no. Piper. He doesn't have this breakdown of, whoa, my God, what am I experiencing here? Gotta kill them all. It's a Starship Troopers, Johnny Rico approach to kill them all. (laughs) Gotta kill them. 
Kill it's interesting that when he's seeing these people, yes, you see a conversation that's happening while he's looking around between two businessmen. One of them is an alien, one is human. And the human's like, I just don't get it, man. I didn't get the promotion. It happens for you. Why doesn't it happen for me? And what does the guy tell him? You just have to keep working harder. It's going to happen for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. You just keep working hard. Yep, keep working. You'll get there. You'll get there. The system's not against you at all, but you'll get there. So he stumbles from here into a bank, right? Or does no, he's the cops find him first. Sorry. He's walking around yeah. and the cops catch him in an alleyway. And they're really upfront with it. They t- say, you're just as ugly as to us as we are to you. No beating yeah. around the bush. We know you can see us. Let's, let's go discuss this. Let's see if we can figure this out. So you know they're ready to bribe him and give him what he wants. Right. Remember, the devil comes to you with niceties. He doesn't come to you saying, I'm going to rape you with a pitchfork for eternity. <laughs> and this is when he turns into Roddy Piper. Yeah. And it's amazing. And he starts kicking ass. Uppercuts. And the absolute yeah, so- cannons on the guns on the cops hit. My God. The 80s. Right. Brutal. Fucking huge goddamn guns. Like, what, wasn't a little snub nose or anything. Those are Colt 45s. <laughs> Long nose. It's like the fucking gun that the Joker pulls out of his pants. It's just like. <laughs> well, yeah, so he beats up these two cops, shoots them, kills both of them. And then takes off and he goes over to the cop car and yanks the freaking shotgun out of the cop car. Like he just, he's like, all right, game motherfucking on. And just loads up, throws the freaking belt over his hip or over his shoulder. And he's got like two handguns and a shotgun. <laughs> he is down. And he goes <laughs> straight to a bank of all places, right? Right. Yeah. One of the biggest controlling institutions there is that determine our lives and what we do. A goddamn bank. Love it. There's tons yeah, and of it's back. There. There's there's people everywhere. Yeah, and every he sees all the he sees them, yeah. He sees and them Andy, all over. He, he gives us that classic line from the film. Give it away. I Andy, have come here to chew bubblegum and to kick ass. And I'm all out of gum. And he just starts blasting with the shotgun. It's fucking it's fantastic. Just, it's just <laughs> the greatest action scene in, in the, all of the 80s movies. That oh, he just starts shooting. He's like, fuck it. Like, I'm killing them all. It's the sequence that only happens in dreams in movies now. And then they wake up and they're not doing something that insane. Yeah, it's I don't so think they insane. want the average person to start solving the world's problems. <laughs> Yeah. Well, realizing it that it's like one people, shotgun shell at a time. It's the people in power. Like, got a saying: shoot them all and let God sort them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just starts he blasting. He runs out the back door into okay. the alley. So he's he's he gets out the back door and goes into the alley, and a cop runs out to stop him with his hands with his gun out. And he freaking tells the he see he's got his glasses on and he sees that it's a regular dude, it's a human. And so he's fucking pointing the shotgun at him and he's like, All right, man, fucking like what's he say? Beat pavement or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's he like a weird ass human. He, yeah, he lets him go, but he's like, he's like, stomp pavement or whatever the fuck he says. Some some 80s shit to run along. It's not kick rocks because it wasn't that cool. 
Um, <laughs> it was something other than kick rocks. <clears throat> um, but this is where, like, Vinny's trying to hide, right? Like, he's trying yeah. to get away. And he Enter goes into a lady. Yeah, he goes into a parking garage and they're looking for him. Like, they are everywhere. And he snatches the, that chick. The weird eyes. Yeah. Oh, God. She gives me nightmares just thinking about that shit, dude. Megan Kelly, or what's her name? Is that Megan Kelly? <laughs> Megan <laughs> Kelly. Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly is equally as fucking terrifying. Yeah, she's equally as terrifying. <laughs> what's her? What's this actress's name? Uh, her name is Megan, Holly. Is, oh, Meg the, Foster. is Meg, the, Meg Foster? Foster. Meg, yeah, Foster. Yeah, Meg Foster. Yeah. Cat I'm just gonna send Kylie some contact lenses to freak you out one day, Bob. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that nobody's eyes should be that fucking blue. Yeah, like, I'm somebody with blue eyes, and nobody's eyes should be that fucking blue. That shit's <laughs> the weird thing is they're almost verging on being like uh like a light purple. Yeah, well, blue. it's it's almost like they're giving off a a glow. It's almost mm. like they're they're fucking creating their own light, it's which is strange weird. because she's totally she's one of the humans, right? That you know. Yeah, I just think it's her. The actress's <laughs> creepy face, and I think the makeup. I think they did. You know, it's all mm-hmm. intentional, right? So oh, they yeah. highlighted that whole area. The rest of her face is significantly darker. If well, you pay and attention. really, oh, out of all the people in that movie, she looks most like a lizard person, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, like we know, like going into it, that she's in on it, right? Like she's the head of the fucking news that's. You're broadcasting all this nonsense anyway. Um, so, like, she's the elite that they've teamed up with. Yeah, right. and they go back and they hide out in her apartment, right, or a little condo, whatever it is, and the TV's on at the same time. And of it's course. Your, st- your stereotypical, um, it's, it's a right-wing publication, you would assume, and the TV host says, the feeling is definitely there. It's a new morning in America, fresh, vital. The old cynicism is gone. We have faith in our leaders. We're optimistic as what becomes of it all. It really boils down to our ability to accept. We don't need pessimism. There are no limits. <laughs> so that could have been, and yeah, that could have been left or right. Honestly. Yeah, it didn't. Ha- it doesn't. Yeah, they. Used I think he had a red tie. <laughs> yeah, then it time. wasn't. It wasn't quite as as stark of a difference. No, left right. and right same. were very similar. You know, they they at least weren't fucking purple haired and fucking trying to chop penises off. So <laughs> they were just regular ass Democrats. Maybe with the glasses on. <laughs> they were just the racist kind of southern Democrat yeah. types. <laughs> Traditional Democrats. Yeah. Right. Uh so he goes from here and she ends up kicking him out the window, doesn't she? Yeah, so like he's he's like fading in and out. Like he's he's like he takes the glasses off and he's like, of course yeah, he. Uh, okay, I think we skipped over. He kidnaps her when she <clears> arrives <throat> and tells her to drive. There's a big group of fucking cops that go by and they're fucking dodging them. And he's like, drive slow, like fucking not for not fast, whatever. And she's like, where do you want me to go? And he's like, your place. And she's like, I don't want to. And he's like, bitch, I'm the one with guns. So <laughs> do what I tell you to. Fucking. <laughs> and so they he, he says, I fra- I'm afraid I'm gonna have to insist. And so they go to her house, they get in, and you can immediately tell she's she's one of the rich people. Like oh, yeah. that's that's rich 80s shit. 
she pulls up to a really nice fucking house and it's got all the leather <laughs> furniture and all the that's, weird that's glass bricks everywhere yeah it is very 80s rich person house decor it's amazing i love it i would i wish i had like a a beach house with that kind of interior like it would be amazing <laughs> i wonder though is she supposed to represent the elites or is she supposed to represent that middle class that's being devoured and used because you know she's an executive like you said right that's definitely the upper middle class yeah. i mean and when you think about it a lot more people had houses like that back in the 80s because we weren't in the situation yeah. we're in you know like oh, not yeah. to say that everybody was rich but you look at every 80s movie at least every middle class family is like you're looking at their house like holy shit i would can i go back in time like damn et's single mom or not yeah. ET's, elliot's single mom, single mom. Yeah. in that fucking huge ass mansion in california it was She's- nuts She's presented as like the Judas or the Benedict Arnold. Like you try to right. trade in a way that she's like, she's helping him, but you know that really what she's doing, she's working him over for her own self-interest. Right. And she is that she's probably someone who's been brought up from the middle class and she's been placed in a, a in a place of financial security. Right. Right. That's kind yeah. of what it felt like to me. She always kind of seemed tortured in a way, even though she's mm. the bad guy. Like it never really like she seemed genuine towards she- Nada regardless i mean we're getting a little ahead of ourselves but right throughout the whole thing even after he knows who she is you know yeah so it's almost like she is she's not running the show she's not the douchebag you know down below and everything you know well it, it there's a line that she has uh in this interaction before she throws him out a window very easily i might add of like a 250 fucking six foot four dude just another she wrestling just, move they she just kind of pushes out a window um but like He's trying to get her to put the glasses on. He wants right. her to see he's she's the first person that he tries to show like, look, like, look, this is why I'm fucking going crazy. Yeah. And she's like, even if I don't see what you tell me that I'm going to see, I'm going to see what you're telling me to see. Like, which yeah, I think is a great line. She's say. like, even if I don't see it, I'm going to see it. Yeah, like I'm gonna. Tell I know you this is what you want me to hear. Yeah, yeah, yep. I know this is what you want, so that's what I'm gonna give you. So you're gonna keep right. forcing me to fucking do it. Um, but yeah, that's, it, that's interesting. And and he takes off the glasses. He's like, man, these things are like a drug. <laughs> I mean, but the come down. He's talking about the come down off of it, um, dude. Yeah, crash. back to the back to the expanded. uh pupils you know the dilated pupils from psychedelics i always that that was another thing that hit me i was like damn yeah they're saying it (laughs) yeah it's like a drug like he's saying like to to be able to see what is actually around us and how the world is 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 like a drug and then to realize what is actually going on you know that's where the crash is you know when you when you see how we should live or how we're being controlled and everybody else is asleep, that's what it is. Like when you could see it, you're like, Holy fuck. Right. You know? And then when you look and see how everybody else is, that's the crash. I think that's, that's metaphorically being played there. Um, I've never seen it directly com- compared, but they live as a really interesting, badass eighties take on like the allegory of the cave. Really? Yeah, because a part of the allegory of the cave is the 
you know, the fellow humans like wanting to tear their friend apart rather than break their own chains to go see what he's talking about outside of the cave. And you get a lot of that, you know, from the human resistance and the cops and everything else. Yep. It's, it's even quite really subtle that he gets, they get headaches when they're watching the screen and you actually do get, most people get headaches if they have too much screen time, right? Oh, like yeah. People end up having to have glasses because of it. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a truth and, and method to the badness there in what they're trying to tell us. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so she, she gets her, she kicks his ass out of a fucking window, like two stories. Yeah. He hits the ground, rolls, starts legging it. And this is when he comes across Keith David or Frank again. And this is the, probably the biggest scene that everyone knows it for. I know Ryan loves it for, for its fight scene. Who wants to break yep. down the fight scene? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll bring us to it and then we can kind of see yeah, what go it for does. It. So, yeah, yeah. so he's hiding from the cops. He, he like falls asleep in an alley, right? Like he finds this alley, but he doesn't hide in the shadow. It shows him in the fucking lit part of this little fucking like alleyway and it's like why wouldn't you have fallen asleep in the fucking dark part (laughs) yeah like you're just right in the light and everybody's looking for you good job um but then he goes to the job site right like he the next day it shows him going to the job site this whole movie happens over like three days um the next day he goes to the job site and he calls fucking frank over he's like hey and he's like, whoa, motherfucker, you killed a lot of people. Like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want anything to do with you. Get the fuck out of here. And he's like, but I got to tell you some shit. And he's like, no, fuck you. Uh, like, you should get the fuck out of here and hide. I love his resolve in this. Like, yeah. I love how difficult it is for Nada to, to get him to look. Because Frank just drives home who his character really is. And the allegory that that he's a part of the, in, and what he plays in that, you know, he is that stubborn friend. He's that family member that he, they, they even suspect you might be right. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to go down that. They don't want to go down the dark road. Yeah. And, and he's he, so much. He's, he shows it in a very physical form. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's, even prior yeah. to that, he's such a great guy because he brings him the week's paycheck. Regardless right, right. of yeah. this yeah, guy so, just blew away fucking eight cops and a whole heap of people at a bank, he still yeah. brings him his paycheck because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, and so it, kind of it does cuts show to them the in endless... the alley, right? Like after the after the job site scene, it cuts to to Frank walking up to him in an alley, and he's like, "I got a week's pay for you. It's the best I could do." And in a very Kobe way, he just like chucks the fucking money, and it just goes right into the box. <laughs> like it was Kobe. just this. <laughs> he just, <laughs> yeah. The whole the whole fight and the leading up to is a perfect metaphor for what it's like for someone that's unhinged with this information and hasn't yet learned that you kind of have to let people come to this on their own. You know, because you can't force. We we've we all talk about that all the time these know. days. Like you can't force anybody into it. This movie. He fucking forces him. He forces him. Right. And it's like, and again, I'd like to come back to that psychedelic metaphor because it doesn't have to be psychedelics, but a lot of us do have our eyes opened against our fucking will. It doesn't necessarily have to be a person because you're right. You don't listen to the the people. You have to see it for yourself for the most part, but it usually comes in a very violent fashion to your psyche. (laughs) Oh, dude. 
if I if I could take the blue pill, it'd be it'd be hard not to get entered back into the matrix cipher, you know, cipher <laughs> style. Because I, I would be I would be rich as yeah, fuck. juicy steak, man. Like I, I would still have a very successful business. <laughs> like I would I would have continued doing all of that nonsense. Right. The, uh-huh. the fight's really a great allegory for people in our, our community because yeah, we've yeah. all been at that point. Like, it just reminds me of like a family Christmas one year where I was <laughs> so full of information, I was throwing it at people and I didn't care about the consequences. I just right. had to tell people. And of course, no one wants to listen. And they I'm not them. watching the YouTube video. Just watch the YouTube video. I lost it's five my- hours and you need to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And yeah. members, I just I just asked for the peas. Can I please have the peas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You like know where people, these peas come from? It, it, it's <laughs> so good because it it is very much like how we go through with the people that uh, aren't awake because this fight scene lasts like like a third of the fucking movie. It's like a 12 minute fight. It's so fucking long. (laughs) It's so much longer than you think it's going to be. It's so long. And just when you think it's over, it goes a little further. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, all right, it's over. And then he's like, no, it's not. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, it's so good. And I was trying to pay attention. So, so the whole concept behind the fucking fight is that he rowdy wants frank to wear the glasses like and frank like it gets started because rowdy comes up to him, he's like where are the fucking glasses of frank saying no and then just pops him in the fucking mouth <laughs> and rowdy reaches up and he's got blood on it and he's saying it's like all right fuck you and they just dude it's the most epic battle ever like they died i loved times, it dude. so much I loved it so much. Easily four times. Such a brutal You can fight. see, because I was I was a very big Rowdy Roddy Piper fan yeah. when this movie came out. That's, That's why awesome. I watched it at 10, was because I loved fucking pro wrestling at that age. That was my jam. <laughs> um, and so I had to watch the Roddy Roddy Piper freaking movie. Yeah. And and dude, all of his wrestling moves, you can just see how he's like over exaggerating punches, like coming up with this. It's so good. And then he's doing DDTs. It's amazing. It's so good. Do you think it was on purpose that like Carpenter chose a pro wrestler for this role? So like, uh, yeah, our hero, our hero. It's very was, on the nose, right? Our hero was like an actor fighter. <laughs> right. Um, like, yeah. Suggest it wasn't Again, real. Again, I think that was also cast in a way that a lot of people would see this movie, see who the star was and go, mm. man, I'm not watching that. But weren't th- wasn't that huge for action movies in the 80s, putting wrestlers in there? Or maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Not like today, like The Rock and John right. Cena. That's like well, a, that's a different. Movie. Yeah, they've just no, I mean, in their old careers. But like, wasn't it in the 80s that it was cool to like put Hulk Hogan and Suburban Command? Hogan. Was, that was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Hogan was uh he did no holds barred. When the fuck did that movie yeah, yeah. come out? Um and then he had uh what was that fucking not Tropic Thunder but something Suburban like that. Suburban Commando? No. Suburban it was, Commando. No, it was, it was great. It was something Thunder. It was something uh, Thunder. Hulk Hogan had a TV show that was called like 
something thunder oh, it was the fucking I name of the boat you're talking about yeah, yeah i remember that vaguely. tropic thunder or some shit like this <laughs> that'd be hilarious if it was the same name um <laughs> but yeah no i was just curious about that if it was like meant to do that or not because i thought it was cool to put wrestlers in those movies in the 80s but i, don't, I, I think it was I'm wrong. enough not to take it seriously right that's the, the idea right. right like yeah we can give you the information but you're not going to take it seriously like right. you're not going to really absorb it and then it yeah. blew and, up and it takes a cult classic and 34 <laughs> years for it to <laughs> actually get to this point where three retards sit around and watch it five times <laughs> and talk about it and look for fucking symbolism in it because yeah, if you if you go online and you look up uh they live uh esoteric symbolism or they live occult symbolism you don't there's nothing if you look up they live symbolism you'll get all the reagan stuff that's yeah. it you and i'm talking really? i was i was deep in the pages you know i know we don't you know it's like conspiracy theorists don't have their own google search engine but like you know you at least should you'd think on a number of different sites yeah. you'd see something pop up about you know what jay dyer or or uh fucking Weishaup think about this movie i i couldn't find anything it's i'm weird. slightly concerned then andy because two possibilities are going to happen now either this will be our first and only show and we'll all disappear <laughs> or we're all going to become exceedingly wealthy overnight yeah uh hopefully it's no the latter <laughs> the only ones that have talked about this movie in a conspiratorial way but I didn't find any results on the just three do it Google pages. Oh, wait, we I'm gonna get to the point to where I might trigger some people in a minute. So oh, good, let's trigger. Um, if you could offend minorities, that would be great, Bob. Thank you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it depends on the minority. Yeah. Um, but so the fight goes on forever and it's in the alleyway. Apparently, nobody travels down that alleyway. And it just can they can have a 30 minute fight scene and nobody <laughs> comes along, nobody does anything. And I was trying to freaking get all the names on the wall, but I think um Huffman is one name on the wall, and then I think there's uh Atlas something on one end as well. And that scene that like everything's so intentional in the movie. I wanted to be able to write down the words, but I just noticed it on this this playing of it that I watched. And so I didn't have time to write the notes about that where I was like, Oh shit, those names, what are those? Um, but he finally, not a finally freaking beats up Frank and shoves the glasses on him. And they're both all fucked up faces, all swollen and shit and disfigured. And he's, he's able to show him what he's been trying to show him. Um, and I think one of the little, one of the little r2d2 fucking things flies right. it's a drone it is a drone yeah yeah modern day drone. drone yep oh yeah that's it, right and, and that's when yeah. they gotta go hide yeah and they find that they find their way back to gilbert the guy who's like running this underground resistance and they're like they're trying to probe him trying to find out like what are these things what is this what's happening and his simple response is they're free enterprises the earth is just another developing planet and where their third world. Yeah. Yeah. He's so dark. He's got such a badass voice in this fucking he's got so many good lines in this movie. Like he only has like stellar shit the way that he delivers all his lines. Um uh, the world needs a wake up call. 
Yeah. We're going to phone it in. Yeah. We're going to phone it in. Frank has some great dialogue there too. He turns and says, maybe they've always been with us. Those things out there. Maybe they love us or maybe they love it. Seeing us hate each other, watching us kill each other, feeding off our own cold fucking hearts. Yes. Perfect. That line was so good where it's just like, and the idea of how long have they been there? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they've always, they've always been there. And we know that lines delivered like that are, are meant to be important. We, we know, we know that that wasn't just banter, but most people will watch that and see banter. Right. But this, yeah, which is weird if this movie's again, all well, and it says it in the, in the beginning that it's all a crazy game, which I do have a game theory that this fucking realm is just a game to the people that control it. It's just a game. And and he says that multiple they said multiple times, and Frank says it. He's like, "This is just the game. It's it's the game of life, mm-hmm. you know." And I yeah, think he absolutely. says it in the in the hotel room in that scene. He's like, "They just start you out, and this is the game, and the game is to live life." Yeah, and you know what? It was really interesting that whole scene. Like they've got they go to that little underground where all the all the people, all the people who were living in that shanty town are part of the resistance. Yeah. And they're in there. Average people, younger kids, older people, all, all different types of um, minority groups all together as one, right? But the interesting thing is they're the average Joe, the average person. And what are they trying to portray as domestic terrorists these days? Mm-hmm. Your next door neighbor, yeah. your family oh, members. Yeah. Yep. Right. People gathering in groups, talking against the government. Absolutely. Yeah projecting i think so well i think it's just that we're in a constant state of that like it's just this perpetual state that we're in you know which that's the state they want us in they want us in the middle where where we're just awake enough to know what's going on but not enough people know for it to be a problem yeah, it's kind of like an evolution from the Carlin thing where he said he'd, they want you uh, bright enough to run the machines, but, you know, dumb enough to not realize who you're really working for and everything. Yeah, this is like a step, a step up. It's like a new part of the plan where it's like, ah, yes. And a certain portion of them will be extremely pissed off that they can't do anything about this. And that will just fuel more of our profits, you know? Yeah, it's. Fucking A, man. Like, it's this movie is telling us everything that's right in our face at all times. Like, there are people controlling us. It's it's the well-to-do people, which we know run all the, you know, all the governments because they're the ones with all the power. Absolutely. You know, so this this movie just throws that out there that that the agenda is a feudal system. It says multiple times that you know, they're, they're, they're destroying the middle class. Like a lot of the hacker things is like they're getting rid of the middle class. You know, it's shrinking. The poor is growing. And that's, I mean, we see that now. Oh, yeah. Where I think that's what they, they, they've been trying to do. And, and it so, really leads that. It really leads to that last transmission, Bob. That just ties in perfectly because the last thing the bearded man says is, we could be pets, we could be food, but all we are really is livestock. Yep. And that's, that is Sums what we are. Yeah. 
And then that's when like the police gets raided. Um, their little bunker gets raided. The cops come in. Um, Are you? I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a bit of a gun geek. Like I love firearms. It's so it? 80s in that scene. There's grenades everywhere. There's Uzi 9mm. There's F88 styres. Like any type of gun that was really big at that time is presented. Oh, yeah. yeah they're loaded up in that room. Oh, just, yeah. I, I like how they portray that, too. They, for a minute, you get a lot of hope. Again, you get that hope because it's like it's not like a lot more modern movies and even modern video games. I noticed it with where the hero or the group that you're you're following is barely hanging on all the time these days in every movie you watch. But like back in the 80s, everyone's just fully fucking loaded with everything they need because that's going to make more explosions. So like I loved seeing that this whole group. It's like, all right, this resistance group is legit. They have all these fun. They're ready to fucking rock. They're going to raid something. They're not just going in with a pocket knife, hoping for a miracle, you know? And who do we see in the resistance headquarters? Our freaky eyed lady. She's there and she is there for a reason. That's right. As soon as we see her, it's pretty much within a couple of minutes that the police bust down the doors and start blasting. And these well-prepared people, they get annihilated. They're spraying bullets left, right, and center. Don't seem to hit a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very stormtrooper of them. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, and and is that uh that's that's a subconscious display that we can't we can't stand we up can't against win. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Even that well no group is fucked. Yeah, don't matter how prepared you are, how ready you think you can be, you can't win. That's what that message is. Yeah. You need nukes and tanks to take on the government, to quote Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Quote Joe yeah. Biden, and honestly, I kind of come on, man. With, I kind of agree with him in that res- regard. Where it's like, when we're desperate fighting for our rights to own nine millimeters, it's like if 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 we're gonna use the tyranny excuse, we're really in trouble. Because yeah, those are muskets compared to what they got. Right, but I mean, it doesn't. You all you have to do is show the that you have to wake up the that. rest of the gun owning people right yeah right. that's what they don't want to do is have it a, a big enough problem that the rest of the gun owners go wait the fuck a minute right yeah and and then choose not the government side so but it's gotta, so counter they got to keep so it can- real balanced yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's counter to reality it's so counter to reality though bob like they present to us that we can't win with our handguns or your bolt action rifles whatever you've got but in reality, we've seen people in black pajamas with rice paddy hats on take out the world's superpower. We've right. seen people living in the mountains and the <laughs> hills take out superpowers. We've seen little Irish women with knitting needles take out the British Empire in their part of the world. Like, people can do it. <laughs> yeah, that with anybody that ever said that to me in the past where it's like, oh, you can't take on the government. You got They got tanks and shit. I'd be like, okay, tell that to the <laughs> Vietnamese and Afghanis. Like, like... They didn't win either one of those fucking wars. <laughs> so apparently you don't need a whole lot. But they did it in the reality of they knew that they could die at any moment and they didn't care. And lots right. of people did die, but they still, through sheer force and sheer constitution, they managed to overcome an overpowering force. And I think yep. that's presented in this film by our two survivors, air quotes, that keep pushing against all these obstacles that keep coming at them like their base gets destroyed they're saying that these people control the world but it doesn't stop their hero's journey right at this point there's no going back and they have to finish it mm-hmm. especially nada 
primarily Nada. Yeah, yeah so it's like, like Frank could have given up at any time. We know he's got a family in Detroit, but he doesn't stop. It shows that good man that he is. Mm-hmm. Again, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's that, so that we... American spirit. I mean, Rowdy even says it. He's like, he's like, I, I like America. I, I obey the rules. which i mean that i remember hearing that recently when my wife and i watched it she watched it for the first time and to me i felt a little bit of that divide and conquer where it was like even our hero just wants america to be great again right yeah right yeah he says hey let's go back to the old psyops come on in the beginning when he's talking to frank and frank's freaking bitching about stuff he's like man you gotta what's he say um, you got to be a little more patient with life, <laughs> right? It's like right. fuck that. I've been patient, like, so maybe that's why he went to him in the first place with the glasses. Because like I know who this guy really is. He's pissed off, and he just needs some motivation, right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, just like me at Christmas. I know Aunt Susan is motivated. She just needs to see. Yes. <laughs> And this is where we see the technology really come into its own in the film with the aliens or the, the controllers. One goes to the watch to try and get out, but gets blasted at the same or at the same time. And it goes off and opens this portal to which the guys go down and they end up in a tunnel system. Of course, it's an underground military complex, a dumb. Yep. <laughs> Has to be underground. Yeah. Right? Where, they're, where they're holding a gala with all the... You know, elite, very eyes wide shot, isn't it? The very elite people, dude. It's very Google unquote. Earth. Did you guys see that image that was flowing around last year where you went to a certain place on Google Earth and it showed that like weird cube floating and a bunch of seats surrounding it underground? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might have been <laughs> fake, but oh, it was of interesting. They, they've <laughs> got to throw their little that's the programmers that stitch all those pictures together just having fun. Mm-hmm. That's oh, all that yeah. is. They get bored Absolutely. stitching that shit together and like, fuck it, man. Nobody's going to know that this shit's here. I'm going to fucking put this in here. Bored <laughs> as shit. Fucking giant man's profile in these mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. That stuff's all stitched together. So they, I, I think the people that do it just get bored. Probably. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be so good, though, if you came across like a Google like street image of like Hillary Clinton just eating a baby with a jaw dislodged? <laughs> Just no one's come across it. It's a big open jaw, like a fucking snake or or like the predator. <laughs> In front of like a smoothie shop called Frazzle Drip. <laughs> so it's got to be in front of a pizza place, right? Yeah. That's right. Right. yeah. <laughs> Shakes and pizzas, but no basement. Mm-hmm. It's pizza no basement. hot dogs. Oh, so oh. they make their way into this deep underground military base. And this is like the final standoff. They're getting ready to try and take out the, the transmission, the radio center, whatever's presenting this, this lulled slate to everyone. And this is where we come across the drifter, the previous bum that we saw sitting down watching television. And he's in a suit. He's doing really, really well. And he sees <laughs> them as like, oh, they've been accepted. Why else would they be here? They wouldn't be here to right. stop us. Yeah, he's that but he dumb. tries to big note himself and he's dumb and he's arrogant. He's trying to lead him around saying, hey, I want to show my buddies the stuff what's going on here. And he, he ends up getting into an argument later on when he realizes their true intentions and he says, what's wrong with having it good for a change? Now they're going to let us have it good. 
If we can help them, they're going to leave us alone. Let us make some money. You can have a little taste of the good life too. Now I know you want it. Hell, everybody does. And Frank replies, you'd do it to your own kind, the drifter. What's the threat? We are all sell out to everyone once in a while. Might as well be on the winning team. Well, that sounds like Elon Musk when he first uh, announced uh, Neuralink. His his mission statement for Neuralink was, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all the chads out there are like, Neuralink's going to help me with cryptocurrency. Why wouldn't Fuck I want yeah. to do it? Dude, I'm going to feel better when I feel sad just by pressing a <laughs> button on my temple. Make so much money by being the first person with Neuralink. Why wouldn't I? Uh, fuck <laughs> all that. Ugh, dude, that fuck shit. I've watched all of it. way too many fucking shows about that stuff. Like, have y'all seen the feed? Yeah. What's that? Dude, the feed is Tell a, me after. it's a it's a show about this giant corporation like Elon Musk. Yeah, it has a neural link that is in your brain, and nobody has cell phones anymore. It's all just in your, and then there you there's there's places you can go. There's like retreats that you go to log off of them because people are fucking addicted to it and have seizures and shit. Um, oh, wow, and it's all in their brain. And then like uh, there's this baby that gets born that just already has it, like it's born Ugh. with it. Ugh. Ugh. Oh man, nanotechnology, yeah. singularity type shit. Yeah, and that's, so then this baby is really fantasy. important. Yeah, it's really crazy. Oh, I hate that shit. Yeah, it's, it's really, <laughs> really wild. It, like that's a, that's a doozy of a show. If anybody wants to watch that one, man, it, it freaked me out. Where I was just, has like, there ever too been too close? Has there ever been a show or movie about future technology? that paints it in a way like in a positive way i don't think i ever have seen <laughs> a single so not a single one <laughs> only when the technology reverts back to a stone age and people are living simply actually i'll take that back iron man all the fucking marvel movies they just they just want us jizzing all over those iron man suits and all the scenes of crazy technology but other than that pretty much <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Frank yeah. and Nada, they start blasting their way through this, this base, through the television centre, and they're trying to make their way to the roof to take out the transmission tower, but they come across our, uh, our heroine, who yes. we now know is very shifty and she's there for a reason, and she offers to help them and take them to the roof. And what happens then? Take it, dude. My notes, my notes end. Well, oh, are we are we going? Are we skipping right to the end here? Yeah. Well, there's. I don't think there's much more than we can we cover between they're in the base and they start working their way through trying to make to the top. There's a lot of blasting, a lot of people running around. I didn't really notice anything. Did you notice anything within that? that, Oh, in the tunnel system, if you look on the walls, the like where it would have like numbers and directions, it's all Hebrew. Oh shit! Oh oh wow! Um, and not to be sounding like a anti-Semite, but right. white people hide amongst white people. <laughs> the Kazarians. Oh. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I that was the minority group I was going to point out was there was fucking Hebrew on all the goddamn walls. All the, Interesting. like. 
Yeah, I paused it on the last time that we watched it, and I didn't get to watch the very ending. That's why my mind is blank on what how it how it wraps up. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh shit, there's That's fucking weird. That my wife was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Uh, I'm positive." That's who can, who can read <laughs> who can read Hebrew with Sanskrit. We need to know what it says. Yeah. yeah, we definitely need to know what that shit says. I'll be really annoyed if it says matzo bowl of soup or something like that. <laughs> it's like that tool song that uh, that's in it's German. Eggs. That's like yeah, it's like it's like German wedding cake or something. It's just it's deviled eggs. <laughs> it's the recipe for deviled eggs, but it's it's spoken with this deep horrifying sounds, yeah, German sounds accent like a with like Hitler a crowd cheering speech. in the background. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> amazing <laughs> my mom heard that song when i was in like seventh grade and she was like oh what the hell oh my god what are you listening to she thought you were radicalized didn't she andy i don't know what she thought at that point i think rage against the machine made her think i was radicalized <laughs> rage on behalf of the machine my bad <laughs> right so we've got hebrew in the tunnel systems did you notice anything in the the offices at all on the computers or on the walls I thought that scene was just like fast paced, like it was very quick. Everything. It, it was kind of like the push. Like they knew it was pretty much over. They yeah. knew there was no more contemplation that they needed to get to where they needed to go. Unless I missed a whole lot. Of well, I'm sure there's a ton in it because every scene is, is intentional. Right. Like, but he, I got to the point to where I'm like, all right, I'm just watching the movie. Yeah. They get to the room. They get lost. I need someone to confirm for me when they went through the stairwell, as they're going up, the numbers were racking up and I have a, I have a pretty good indication that oh. and I've question marked in my notes stairwell 33. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. notice. They either went past it or they stopped on it. I'll have to double check. But I think I remember that too. When I watched it the last time, I didn't get to see that scene when I just watched it. So, um, so the confrontation on the roof. Right, yeah. they get on the way up to the roof. Our femme fatale, who we now know with the crazy eyes, pulls the gun out, puts it to Keith David's head, and it cuts away. And we hear the shot. And Frank is gone. Frank is no more. No more Frank. It's really a shame. He was such a good character. What do you think this means? What, like, why do you think Frank had to had to die? Why does Nada have to be on his own to do this? Maybe it, it represents a message that if you are a crazy conspiracy theorist like a Nada, if you try to bring anyone into your world to see what you see, they're going to be the yeah. ones to suffer and go first and you're going Dude, to be left alone. That is, yeah, that's a pretty good one right there, Drew. Yeah, or it's going to leave you, you're going to hurt the people that are closest to you and you're going to be left alone. And honestly, I mean, as we wrap this up, we know that Nada does solve the problem. He he succeeds in his mission. And and you know, the idea that he had to do it alone, maybe that's also the message that like any individual can do this. Any one of us. Right. Through determination. Yeah, because absolutely. he's able to pretty much single-handedly go through this whole fucking thing and annihilate everybody. Um, yeah. And, and achieves his goal of shutting down the broadcast, shutting it all down. Yeah, Frank's inclusion in his in his life in Nada's life is more of a like mental support, yeah. rather than like a 
I'm going to need you to come with me to I'm doing this either way, man. But Jesus, can you, someone help me out here? This is crazy, you know, and finally someone to see it with him, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, and we skipped over a part. I don't know how I forgot this fucking part. I don't have it written here. Um, where they, they, they peek in on the ball. And what's happening in the little gala in the underground base? Yeah, you know, well, they're talking where they're talking about the, the 2025 agenda. Yes, 2025. Yes. Very interesting. Like that was from 1988. They're talking about the 2025 agenda, and I think there's talk about population in there. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> very suspicious. Yeah, and it's all coming to fruition. Amazing how that works out. <laughs> nah, John Carpenter wasn't in on the story. So no, nah, he was just talking about Ray. He's <laughs> he just a liberal guy that well, directs see, movies and doesn't like, like Reagan. I've, I've thought Is about it, that. Like, like, did are they in on it, Drew? I think you and I have talked about this. Where yeah. are they in on it, or do the the people that control everything just know who the best is and then just gives them their marching orders and is, and they just take it as like, Hey, I got this fucking movie to do. So, you know, and they're not even really, they're just going to do it the way that they do it. And they've just basically got guidelines that they have to stay in. It's a little bit of both. I think, I mean, look at Manly yeah. P hall who was given like an honorary 33rd degree, you know, he wasn't a Freemason, but they were just like, you know, all our shit. So want to want to like be in our club whenever you want. <laughs> like, so I, there is that, you know, there's maybe, so, yeah, maybe not so much anymore. Cause they just kill people and clone them. I don't know. <laughs> but like, yeah, right. maybe it's like, control this guy. So maybe if, maybe, I don't know, there's some way to like work alongside this, this, you know, he's going to, he's going to take shots at us in his movies, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. What it's if they, really <laughs> this is a weird tangent, but what if somebody reaches a certain status and then they're just offered like an island somewhere or like, hey, you know, you know, like Drew, y'all were talking about this on Monday Night Master Debaters, like the fucking island with all the famous people and shit. Like, yeah. what if they, what if they, uh, they serve their part, right? They do their part and then they just bounce. They're like, okay. And they, they ship them to that, and then they put a clone in their place. Like, they've played their part, and they're free. You know, they've earned their spot on, you know, and so they do it for whatever reason to get the fuck out of here, wherever and out that, of here is. That's very us as well, that there's clones of people, but for the clones to actually interact with people and be alive, the link between the living person has to be there. They're linked consciously. So your people that you're taking out for not following orders and putting them on an island, they're still alive in order for their clone to exist or they are fought like or they are they earn their spot they did follow yeah. the orders they became it's famous. just a relaxing holiday place. you know it's club hedonism yeah mm. yeah be but then again there's the <laughs> other angle where it's like it almost doesn't matter what they say to the public in these ways because they're never going to get caught so it's like does John Carpenter even have to be one of us? He could just be one of them, just like saying it how it is, right? Because no one's going to believe him. Yeah, who's going to believe? No going to believe us. Psychos on a podcast, right? Right, exactly. Right. I mean, isn't that how most of it gets done? Right, like all the technological movies. It's like all the military uh, oversight in in movies. All the you know, all that. It's 
it's all just handed to us. It's all just shown to us exactly how it is. Like I said about the tech movies, they're all negative. Every outcome is bad. You'd think if government and tech companies are so prominent that they'd be like, hey, 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 we're going to try to control your movies that keep saying negative shit about our <laughs> our future that we're planning. You know, it's all just it's all them. Unfortunately, it really sucks when you really like certain directors like Carpenter, you know, it's like, well, damn it. <laughs> Put me back in <laughs> before we close. Up, I want to taste the stage. One last this one yeah. last scene. And it shows how the controllers are getting to and from Earth. And they go into a room, and this is a place that's all underground. It's not up in a satellite or anything like that or a space station. It's underground, but there's a window where you can see the entire galaxy, mm-hmm. and they're turning people into pure energy and shooting them. Does anyone yep. see any kind of symbolism in that or have a, a thought of what that could be? Um, dude, there's... There's so much there. there. There's just pro. There's Project Blue Beam, as always. You know, just mm-hmm. just pushing the space um, and alien agenda nonsense misdirection. Um, and then there's also the metaverse. He's like, you know, because before that homeless dude kind of walked when he's doing the tour, he shows them that, and he's like, man, you can go anywhere. You know, right? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's some gravity. What does he call it? Um, it's a fuck. It's a gravity something. Gravity lens. He said it has to do with gravity lensing or something like that. Um, some but you can, <laughs> yeah, you know, some some pseudoscience nonsense. Um, and that's how you get around, man. You can go. You can go anywhere. You can go world to world. Yeah. What were you thinking, Drew? What was the symbolism you were picking up on? I don't know. I kind of felt like, and I've always thought it, it's a. It, a possibility for Project Bluebeam. Like, imagine if they did harness everyone around this one threat and they're like, we need people to fight this battle. We need soldiers. And everyone gets on a ship and all they do is they send the ship up and then kill everyone on the ship and say that you died on a planet somewhere. Wouldn't that be like the best <laughs> ultimate population control? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, they went off. The, they were on Mars fighting and they're all dead now. So, you know. I had a, I had a Maybe mental. they're just turning those people into energy and using them for power. I had a conspiracy mentor when I was younger and, and he would always be very ominous. And one time I asked him what his take on aliens was. And he just turned around and goes, when the mothership lands, don't get on and walked away <laughs> to serve man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a cookbook for people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, what would, what would each of us rate this? one to 10 on us, you know, uh, we'll have to come up with our own like conspiratorial rating system, <laughs> but, uh, you know, what about how many, Ken- how many Kennedys would you give this? <laughs> we have, we'll have a conspiracy, 10 Kennedys. <laughs> a conspiracy scale, um, yeah. and just a, a entertainment scale. So entertainment might be like out of five stars and then out of how many Kennedys. Yeah. 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 I like it. I like it. Uh, entertainment. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Entertainment, I'd put it down as a a five. It's from the very start. It's just one of the best films I've ever seen. You can see why it's a cult classic and keeps gaining momentum the older it gets. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy-wise, I'd be I'd be putting it so close to a 10, maybe a 9.5. There's just 9. something Kennedy's. There's, there's 9.5 Kennedy's. So just there's something lacking, and maybe I'll pick it up as I watch it more, but 
I know it's missing something that's going to tie it all together for me. And maybe that's the rabbit hole they wanted to do to keep people watching. <laughs> Bob, how about you? Uh, Entertainment man, and conspiracy. Entertainment's a, a fucking five for sure. Like five stars all day because that, that movie, there's, I mean, it's just the way it's laid out. There's not even really like three different parts. You know, there's not, it's just, it's all one act. Like instead yeah. of being broken up into different acts, it's all one act. That's a really um, good point. Yeah. It's all just one onslaught. Yeah. It's, it just goes, there's, it just goes, man. A fucking, <laughs> uh, you stay, you know, and there's so much to look at in each scene that you just stay involved with it the whole time. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then conspiracy I mean, does it get deeper than this one? Like, I don't think it does, man. If the, maybe if society, not, if if this isn't ten out of ten stars, it's as close to it as you can get, and everything else is fighting for second place because, man, it's got everything in it. It's got everything in it. So yeah, for me, entertainment again. The trio of us are going with five stars out of five stars because this is an all-out action movie. As Bob said, I never even thought of it that way. There really aren't three acts to this movie. It's really one act of of desperation, anxiety. It has all the great hallmarks of all the best horror, of best action movies of that time period, hands down. Uh, one of Carpenter's best movies, in my opinion, and definitely his most action-packed, in my opinion. Um, conspiracy-wise. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with nine, nine out of 10 Kennedys. Cause yeah, as Drew said, there's like, there's a layer that I enjoy personally that wasn't there when it comes to conspiracy, but all the regular hallmarks, like the same tropes as like RoboCop, like all those kind of movies have that high level of conspiracy, like just that on the nose kind of behavior in the script writing and the way the scenes are played out. So yeah. High up there on the Kennedys, high up there on the stars. This is definitely yeah. one of the ultimate well, cult classics. Yeah, and I like that it's left open-ended. Like, like you don't know what mm. happens. You don't really know yeah. what happens at the end of it. Like, you don't it, get it, to see how humanity you, handles it. It doesn't tie it up in a pretty little bow. It kind of leaves it to where, like, wait, man, they're leaving. So, and what's up with that portal? Are, are they coming back? Yeah. Like, um, do we take it over? Like, what's... oh my god. The biggest symbolism when the veil is lifted that one of the controllers is having sex with a hooker and even without his face covered, he's still fucking humanity. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brutal. What's well, the here's, matter, here's something to think about with it. <laughs> like, were they wearing existing bodies or did they have like just human replicated suits? Was it like they took over a human body or was it, you know, just a replicated suit? That's interesting, man. Like, was it like Carpenter's choice to just do like the old style of aliens where they're all humanoid and they all basically look human? Was that his kind of corny additive to his to his movie or was it very intentional that they looked human you know that's a you know you know what i'm talking about like the old school way to do aliens like look at the thing from outer space it's just a dude with like green skin and shit you know oh yeah that's how it was always meant to tie it it to us yeah it's it's i wasn't sure if it was like a callback in a in a in a 
creative way or if it was a message like yeah well we're they're close us. they're close <laughs> enough to us right because it right. says in the movie it says they're trying to turn our climate into their climate oh, like, that's climate one of, change through, yeah like it talks about fucking climate change and how they're trying to change our atmosphere to their atmosphere which i've talked about because i think maybe if we are um under some reptilian rule and they're trying to just kind of make it humid and, and warm all the time. That totally fucking makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like, that's the whole point of me, like, right? Right. Yeah. Like if they're reptilians, they're trying to, they, and they are doing climate change and geoengineering. They're, they're doing exactly what it says in this movie. They're trying to make our climate like their climate. Um, and this is you know not even close to the only big movie that has that theme in it where uh, an alien source is trying to recreate their own home here you know fucking general zod Mm -hmm. that's a big one well yeah i think that's a big part of the the project blue beam stuff that they're able Mm. to they they want our stuff and they want us to protect our stuff that's the whole idea right yeah well it's just (laughs) a yet another boogeyman that'll never actually show up or it'll just it'll just show up enough to fucking scare everybody back into their cage when needed right like right like when when their reins start getting a little loose you know they have to they have to do something to scare everybody back in Um, exactly and the movie says you know, it hints to something happening every century, right? So, yeah, yeah. it's like uh, that fourth turning. I found one last note, and this okay. may be a fun fact or complete waste of time, but the <laughs> film nearly didn't happen because of um, financing. And the only way that they could finance the film was they had to lay off majority of the stunt doubles, and every single controller you see is played by one Filipino stunt double, and they just put him in oh. women's clothes and stuff all the time. Oh my god, that's <laughs> nuts. So that's interesting that this wasn't like this. Wow. They, they just needed to make this movie. Yeah. This wasn't a pet project of Carpenter's, even though it's kind of claimed that way. He wrote the screenplay and everything, but this was uh this was, this uh, is clearly a studio movie that just needed to get made by any means necessary. At the last minute, one of the financial backers pulled out. Interesting. Hmm. Does it say who it was? No. I, I wonder who financed this movie. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, was, it wasn't a big budget um, like Warner Brothers or a, right. anything like that, right? It was funded by the director and people he could get money from. So right. it'd be so, who funded it. And who so backed, if you're a listener backed out, and you like yeah. research, find out who backed out for us and who the people that donated were. Yeah, yeah. F- let's see. Was this a grassroots movie? Was this a grassroots movie or was this meant to look like a grassroots movie? Maybe it was meant to. Mm. Yeah. Maybe Carpenter was because you look at his career. Most of the situations are like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he, he's famous. No, you know, no doubt about it. But at the same time, there, like, his. Every one of these 80s movies that he did, there's always stories like that behind the scenes. Fucking Rob Botton sleeping on the set in British Columbia for the thing for like a year straight. Like they were, they were desperate for time, desperate for this, begging the studios always. So it's, it's interesting. This guy's the biggest horror movie director in the decade. And there's always those stories that like nobody wanted to give his movies the time of day. It's weird. Uh, maybe it wasn't as easy to get funding. Maybe. And then, I mean, dude, there's 
there's budgets on movies now like dumb movies shitty movies get millions and millions of dollars of budget oh yeah you know there's big time movies that have like 300 million dollar budgets like it's it's fucking bonkers what they'll spend on a movie now yeah and they could have like five million <laughs> Avatar. i still haven't seen that but i heard from a friend recently that it's literally the same story underwater yeah essentially i didn't three, I, uh, three so hours like, of blue rabbits underwater well, it's like I knew that it was gonna kidding, be, really? I well, I knew it was gonna be Sam Worthington coming back. I knew that there was gonna be certain characters, but and I won't give it away for anybody that does want to go see it, but like, yeah, apparently the literal conflict that happened in the first one happens again in this one. But this characters time it's not, and all it's it's not about mining precious metals. This time it's about I'll use a conspiracy term, adrenochrome and pineal glands. Holy That's really? the resource they are using. Absolutely, that is what they're using. Oh, what? interesting. Well, that picks it up a notch. It's openly, yeah. or is that I like think, Drew, you said? Openly. They picked up the esoteric, not the uh, esoteric yeah, symbolism. They bumped it up, up. On this one. It's not just having an avatar as being esoteric and having something to channel yourself through. They are tapping into some other stuff there. Oh, that's so fucked. You know, it's funny, Jimmy. Jimmy C. I always called him the wettest director in Hollywood because he's, he's <laughs> always making wet movies and shit. And then he comes out with this fucking thing that takes place all underwater. He's weird. Jesus. And he's I wonder what the, all, he wonder what the budget all kinds was of for. Shit. It was a couple of billion or something, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I think was it, was it like that fucking high? Well, because yeah, also yeah. they didn't just Jesus film this movie. They were filming fuck. aspects. They were filming aspects of the next two at the same time as well. So this was a massive project. Billions? I don't think it's done. Billions. Yeah. Billions. yeah. It could be the biggest flaw. Because tell me your money laundering without telling me your money laundering. Like yeah. billions. It was filmed in the Ukraine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what? Like a lot of the fuck. It's not even like movies. Like you could see it in this movie, and I noticed it after the fight scene, like the makeup was good. Like that shit looked real. It looked like they were both beat oh, yeah. the fuck up. Right. Well, back then they had to actually do the shit. That's why Jim Hansen was was big was because, you know, models had to be made like you couldn't have you couldn't have a seven foot tall avatar because you couldn't fucking create one in the you had to make a real puppet, a real thing. And now they do it all digitally, but the budgets have gone up like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, What? This is easier to do now? You don't have to make a physical thing. You can do it in the computer and your budget's how much? Yeah, that's always rubbed me the wrong way, man. Like, as time goes on and, okay, I can be a professional photographer from home. I can create all my own music from home. Shit, if I have enough money to support the accounts, I can make my own movies at home with some green screens. Like, you can do everything from home. Technology is becoming more accessible. And yet, movies that are going completely digital are more expensive. Are more expensive. It's doesn't money laundering. Make any it's sense. just money no, laundering. No Photoshop app or yeah. pre- or Adobe Premiere or anything I get to do at home now is anywhere near the cost of what an actual camera or any of the physical material was to like get this shit to go on location. All these different things. That this was huge money. Plane tickets. Fuck, man. But like, that how does make that's pro- a conspiracy in itself. How does making practical effects end up being cheaper than what you could do on a computer? Fucking really? Right. Like Like giant robots and skin layers and all of it. It doesn't make sense. 
It's it's yeah. wow. I mean, now that we're talking about it, that's kind of like they used the to have to build entire model cities. Yeah, they man. would make entire model cities like almost life size, or depending on the shot, they would make multiple different models of cities. Like, dude, Sir Ridley Real Scott, shit. Sir Ridley Scott built the goddamn Nostromo. Like that yeah. set was like blocks. It took up blocks. Yeah. Well, and dude, to get H.R. Geiger to freaking do all the art and shit just to get I me mean, to that's... fly out was insane. They kept yeah, going that... back to him to Germany, just throwing more and more money at him. Yeah, where where, where I mean, are the Switzerland or something? Yeah. Like yeah. to have H.R. Geiger, like you talking oh, huge. Well, we'll get money. to those movies too, for sure. Oh, yes. We'll so everybody, wow, I hope you enjoyed what we did tonight where we talked about they live and we're going to continue to find movies that we find you know brilliant and beautiful and awesome but also conspiratorial filled with questions to be answered and uh yeah please check out also we're going to be having commentary right guys we're going to be doing movie commentary that you can kind of access and follow along with us while we watch the movie and talk about it right yes yeah, that's the plan if you're at home, we'll pop out another episode where it's just the commentary of the film. We're sitting back watching it just like you are. We'll give you a little a little ding, a little sound effect to let you know when to start. And yep. you can listen to our commentary as you enjoy the film. And maybe you'll notice what we don't and you can feed that back to us. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we have a lot of plans for this show. It may take us a little while to get together. We're all busy guys. But at the same time, I think we're, we're having a lot of fun with this. And we have a lot of cool stuff that we're thinking about putting together for this show. So, you know, dude, rewatching all of these movies is what's been the most fun. Yeah, Cause, man. Because I did, you know, we put out our show, Drew, um, but Andy and I, we we did an entire John Carpenter series. We just never released it because we were stumbling through it the whole time. You know, we, yeah, we, we kind of didn't know what we were doing and it kinda, we both agreed that it just wasn't really what we wanted we were out. missing we were missing, missing our third something. stooge yeah 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 it was <laughs> definitely it was definitely missing something but i like i got to watch all these cool carpenter movies again that i hadn't watched in a while and i was like man this is fucking rad and then watching the jim carrey movies and watching them with you know my wife and my son who's old enough to watch this stuff with me who's never seen this stuff dude it's been awesome my wife and my son watching they live is amazing my son, like <laughs> his jaw dropped when the dude's talking into the watch and he's like, he could see us, whatever. And he turns the watch and he vanishes. My yeah. son's just like, oh, <laughs> what? My, my son's five and I can't wait until he's a little older so I can start showing him the movies that like impress me. You know, like I, he's still too young for pretty much everything. So yeah, I can't I was, wait for that. I was discussing watching Beverly Hills Cop with my son, with mm -hmm. my wife. Um, and then I was talking about that with my with my best friend. And I was like, I was like, I don't know. He's 11. It's Beverly Hills Cop. Like, it's kind of. And he was like, dude, we watched that show when we were like seven. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. But you know, we Eddie Murphy raised as responsibly as yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was watching like Raw and Delirious when I was like eight years old. You know, oh, yeah. I saw Terminator Two when I was stuff. seven. You know, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's right. I was like listening to Two Live Crew when I was ten. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> while no, we're on the yeah, topic think... of yeah go ahead sorry Andy. while we're on the topic of other films like we've got a commentary which is going to come out as well what's the next film we look at let's bring some man i know we've talked about a lot of different things um yeah that'd be tough to to just shout out right now i, Maybe I know we were talking about highlander which yeah is, yeah we were talking that's about highlander. There. That's up there. um Man, I've been digging can... into a lot of Irish folklore and history for the past six months or so. So, I mean, Highlander will definitely be fun for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe in future episodes, too, we can have like a few contenders that we know are coming up and we can like pull from the hat or something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can cool. get we'll we'll eventually take people's suggestions as well. Oh, um, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to October where we can have my favorite theme of movie. Hell yeah. Romantic comedies, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, like Event Horizon. And shit. <laughs> oh, oh, that is the most romantic movie ever. We don't need eyes or we're going. Go watch, yeah, yeah. Go. If you haven't seen Event Horizon, it's a love story. Watch yeah. it with your significant other, and and you'll Expands just the universe. And it's time. amazing. Yeah. And if you've never seen it before, it starts. Look at her and say, "This is what I want to do to you." <laughs> So yeah, I was told this movie will tell me everything about our love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. Yeah, so stay uh, tuned for that for sure someday and so many more. Yeah, and, uh, we're just gonna we're gonna cover a shitload of awesome movies. Um, and I can't wait to watch a bunch of rad movies. Some of your favorites. Of and if you don't like our movies, you need to get a better taste in movies, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's not us, yeah. it's you. Yeah, yeah. So I also thought, you know, we could do a little fun thing. Let's give the audience um a random, totally random, doesn't matter what year, genre, whatever. What's a movie that you would like to recommend to our audience from your own personal library or you know, an obscure movie that you like? I thought it'd be fun to just kind of give people some shit to watch. So um I I'll I, start. I, okay, I was gonna start. <laughs> You start. There's a movie on Amazon. I think it's free, but if not, it's worth whatever they fucking ask you for it. It's called Psycho Gorman, and it's fucking amazing. Just watch it. I'm not going to reference anything about it. Just go watch Psycho Gorman because it's fucking epic. That sounds like a great movie. I love the title already. (laughs) It's so good, dude. It's the dumbest fucking awesome movie ever. I'll go with a movie that I I didn't see it get a lot of hype when it came out. I can't remember what year it was, but it's called Coherence. And it's got a comet. It's got distrust amongst friends. It's got possible copycat clone shit going on. It's, It's all kinds of perplexing stuff. But the acting was fucking amazing. It was acted by all the writers of the movie, which was really cool. So I think the way it's delivered, you'll see if you check this movie out, the acting is not acting. It's like they're all having real human conversations and interactions, which you don't see very often. And if it's done really well, it really has a powerful effect. This was a super suspenseful horror type fucking movie. It was really good. Coherence. Check it out. No one's in it. I feel really on the spot with this, but I'm going to be the little ray of sunshine and give everyone something fun to watch. Harry and the Hendersons. Fuck yeah. <laughs> John Lithgow yes. for life. It is 
It is in what probably my top 10. Like I need to watch that with my son. I know I watched it with him probably years ago. Um, but he's he's a completely different person now. Like that's I loved that movie when it came out. I saw it in the theaters and it was like immediately one of my favorite movies. Total classic. Family fun for everybody. Yeah. And nobody's, cryptids. nobody's ever yeah, seen exactly. a baby dove. Nope. <laughs> we should come out with like a modern day counterpart to Harry and the Hendersons, but do it about Dogman. Yeah. <laughs> it would be much more violent, inevitably. Right. I don't know what we'd call it. Danny and the Dogman. Yeah, Danny it'd, and it'd, the Dogman. It'd, it'd be an ATA top thing. Yeah. <laughs> ouch, ouch. ouch. Stop clawing me to death. All right, everybody. Well, this has been really fun. It's been and, rad, uh, man. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to these, dude. These are going to be killer. Um, so let's uh, let, let's, let's sign off and tell movie. everybody. Yeah, let's everybody watch. They live. Yeah, watch. Uh, they live because you while you sleep, they live. Cut it out. Wake up. <laughs> Later. See you guys. Game over, man.